This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Rural Reaction Series, aka our Arsenal News Show. Good morning. I hope that you are well. I hope you are doing good today. Thank you all so much for everyone that's joining us and continuing to make this part of your morning routine. So fantastic to see so many of you in here as always. Efab, Bugal, Jose, thank you all so much. Colin, Kaiser, crucial. Uh, seeing some new names in here, which is fantastic. Rather varies. Mr. Harrison, Wallace. Um, we've got Isowa, Maya, Jamie. Uh, we've got Anne Wilson, Canoe in the chat as well. Olu, always. Uh, thank you ever so much. Uh, thank you ever so much, <laughs> Matt G, for joining in. Stefan, EKK. Thank you, as uh, Bismarck. Thank you ever so much, John. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to stop now. Otherwise, there's going to be too many names, and I'm not going to get through any of the show. But thank you to Tony as well. I can see you also. Also, thank you all of you guys for tuning in this morning. Uh, as always, we do these shows at 8 a.m. UK time. We try to do it every single day. We we try to uh, as much as we can. Um, and there's lots of things for us to go through. Of course, if you haven't already, do check out our podcast we did yesterday evening. I was joined by Owen and Sophie from the Gunners Pod and the Highbury Squad, respectively, to talk about what happened over the weekend with Brighton. And we're going to be continuing to bring you plenty of content over the international break as well. I also joined the boys over at the Arsenal Lounge last night to talk even more about some footballing topics, some serious topics as well. And it was very, very interesting. And thank you to everyone that joined in for yesterday's show that got involved with the discussion and the debate and left some constructive comments in the comment section as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's show. Uh, and of course, as always, please do uh, drop a subscription to the Arsenal Way. Link for that is in the description. We start off with uh, a few words from Tomiyasu today, the Japanese inter- international in the decryption. Uh, the, uh, the Japanese international is certainly someone 
who we are all a big fan of or are growing increasingly more of a fan of, thanks to his performances. Probably had his most difficult game of his time at Arsenal so far in the match against Brighton. But he's been speaking about that performance and his words are encouraging. He says, I'm not happy with the result, but I have to think positively about the one point because they controlled the game most of the time. We will take one point. I'm not happy with the result, but we have to be positive. I am happy about the clean sheet. We have to think positively because in the box, I think we won the duels only in the box. In other spaces, we lost the duel most of the time. We have to improve this. Tommy Asu effectively calling out his teammates, which I like. I like the fact in which he's calling out everyone saying that we need to be better. And that's always something you want to hear from one of your defenders, calling out the rest of the side, saying that we need to improve, saying that we need to get better as a team and move forwards. Uh, also, we have some interesting news about Tim Akinola, the young uh, youth, inter youth international. I'm not sure if he's youth international yet, but he's definitely Arsenal's youth player. has been playing a lot in central midfield alongside the likes of Charlie Patino and Salah Adin. He is expected to sign a new contract with the club. We signed him in 2020, I think it was, from Huddersfield. He joined in that summer that we signed quite a few youngsters for the team like Salah, um, like uh, Jonathan Dinsey, who joined us from Spurs. Uh, we signed Joel Idaho, who went into the under-18s and is knocking on the door of the under-23s. Nikolai Moller joined as well. We made quite a few signings, and Akinola was one of those. He's impressed and is impressed this season as well. He's been part of that side that's currently top of, I think, the under-23s table right now. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if if he has a future at the club. Really interesting player. I think he's going a little bit under the radar because obviously of the likes of Patino and Salah and Balogun and uh, BRF and players like this, uh, Joe Lopez, etc., that are getting a lot of attention. But he is a very solid player and really interesting. And I'm glad that there's news positively that he will be signing a new deal with the club very soon, we hope. One player that won't be staying with Arsenal, however, in the future is Dinos Mavropanos, the Greek international currently on loan at Stuttgart. Uh, has now has the full uh, details of that deal exposed. Chris Wheatley re uh, reported this on Football.London yesterday uh, that the deal earned Arsenal around five hundred thousand uh, pounds for the low or five hundred thousand euros, I think it was for the loan deal, and this will then include a three million uh, option to buy that becomes an obligation to buy should Stuttgart not get relegated. And so far this season, it doesn't look like Stuttgart will be getting relegated. And even if they were, there is still an option for the to buy where they would still be able to bring him in even if they were to go down. So you can pretty much consider Mavropanos a goner at this point. He is not going to be remaining with Arsenal uh, after this season. According to Football London, we understand that this is down to the fact that Arteta just doesn't simply see him in his future plans. His qualities don't fall in line with what Mikel Arteta has wanted from a centre-back. I know that there were people out there that were really impressed by his performances last season at Stuttgart and wanted to see him given a chance. But with the signing of Ben White, with the future of William Saliba still unknown, it was always likely that he probably would not be getting an opportunity to play for Arsenal. And he's only going to be leaving for, I think, we're making a very small profit. It's a profit. I think we could have got more for him, but it is what it is. Now, Arsenal have been linked with a number of players. In fact, this is kind of an Arsenal transfer news show rather than just the Arsenal news show because there's a lot of transfer stuff that we need to talk about today. Uh, Gonzalo Gedge, the Valencia and Portuguese international, has been linked with a move to Arsenal. In fact, Luis Figo has been talking very 
kindly about the player. He's been previously linked with a move to us. And if we are in the market for a wide player, a goal-scoring wide player, then perhaps Casalo Gedge could be that player. He's a, a Valencia side that aren't particularly notorious for being that great right now. Valencia have fallen quite far off their pedestal in La Liga in recent seasons due to some poor ownership from uh, Peter Lim, I believe it is. And Gonzalo Gedge was brought in from PSG after a really good season on loan. They didn't want to lose him, so they bought him. And whilst he's been a standout performer, his Valencia side have not really been that. Um, and so he could be available for a purchase if he wants to move on and take the next step in his career. Would I buy him? I'm not sure that I would at the moment. I think it would be a bit of a risk especially considering the players that we've got already. I think if we are to move for a wide goal scorer, I would move for someone that's more assured, maybe someone that's got more Premier League experience, maybe someone like Raheem Sterling. But we talked a lot about that yesterday. Anyway, moving on to the bigger news of the day. And Arsenal are apparently drawing up plans to replace Alexandre Lacazette in either January or the summer. We know that Arsenal wanted to buy a striker last summer. They were very much in for Tammy Abraham from Chelsea. He eventually, of course, moved to Roma because Arsenal were just not able to sell Lacazette or Aubameyang and so Abraham ended up leaving Chelsea and going to Roma where there is a buyback clause should Chelsea want to activate it but there are four strikers that are on Arsenal's list supposedly first of them being Lille's Jonathan David the Canadian international doing really well since his move from Belgium to France uh, and has continued to, to push Lille towards obviously their goals. They achieved the title with him as their main striker alongside Barak Yilmaz last season. And whilst they may not be able to be doing as well this year, um, as you'd expect, it was a big, big push to win that title last season. PSG are very dominant. I think they lost their first, dropped their first points last weekend against Rennes. Um, but Lille have struggled in that time um, to kind of get back to where they were. They lost Christophe Gautier, who went to Nice, and they've lost Luis Campos as well. So they are in a bit of a, a state of, of, well, trying to arrest any kind of slump or trying to arrest any issues that they face by losing some key figures from the side. But Jonathan David, someone they kept, and has continued to be a good goal scorer for Lille. Uh, Yusuf Naziri is certainly someone that I've been championing as, as a possible option for Arsenal, and he is, in fact... One of the players that is supposedly of interest to Arsenal, the Sevilla and Moroccan international, very much is impressed since his move from Leganes. He left Leganes a couple of seasons ago to join Sevilla and has become one of the big leading goal scorers in La Liga at this point in the season. And of course, last season too, he helped Sevilla to compete with Real Madrid, Atletico and Barcelona for the title. And Sevilla were up in the title race only until a couple of seasons prior, sorry, a couple of weeks prior to the end of the season. And he was a massive part of that. So Enneziri is another option that Arsenal are considering. And then two options from the Premier League, Dominic Calvert-Lewin of Everton and Ollie Watkins of Aston Villa, both England internationals, of course, and certainly players that I would... I'd be very, very happy if Arsenal ended up getting. However, there are difficulties with both deals. Dominic Cavalloon has a long-term contract with Everton, I think signed up until at least 2025. He would cost a significant amount of money if Everton wanted to let him go. He suffered with some injury issues. In fact, he's suffering with one right now that's keeping him out. But I rate the guy. I think he would give us that aerial threat that we've been lacking and he's certainly someone that's continually improving. Ollie Watkins, since moving to Aston Villa from Brentford, has acclimatised the Premier League seamlessly. He, of course, got his first goal, I think it was for Villa, in that 7-2 win over Liverpool. And he's just continued on that run of form, and he's getting called up to the England international side now a lot more too. And 2022 
World Cup as a backup to Harry Kane. And I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins will be competing against one another again for that second place striker spot in the England team for that 2022 tournament. So we'll see how that goes. But all four of these options are very solid choices. I think that of them all, I'd, I'd lean between in Naziri and Calvert-Lewin as, as my options. I still want to see more from Watkins to be convinced of him. And maybe after this season, I will be more convinced. Jonathan David, I've always been a bit more reluctant to buy players in an attacking area of the pitch from Liga just because of the whole Pepe situation. I know you might think that's short-sighted. I know a lot of fans of Liga will tell me I'm being very short-sighted, but I'm just very wary, especially players from Lille that play a very different system to Arsenal. Would it work? Um, but perhaps because he's a striker, you can talk about him in a different light in comparison to some of the others. I imagine, Wilson, that either Watkins or Cavalier, you'd be looking at upwards of £50 million without a shadow of a doubt. So they would cost significantly. Um, but that's that side of things. I think there's one more thing we need to talk about. Yes, article of the day to point you towards link to this is in the description. I broke down the move in which Jamil Smith-Rowe um, was obviously on that one-on-one -on -one route, had Bukai Saka in support. I broke down that entire move, explained why he chose to go for the shot instead of passing it away to Saka. If you read it, uh, link is in the description, you do find out that it was actually a very difficult scenario for him to make those passes at any point during that run. And he took the right decision to go for the shot. The shot wasn't well executed, however, and he should have probably gone across the keeper if he'd have managed to get a better touch and a better purchase on his shot. But we go into a lot more detail in the article, so please do make sure you give it a read if you have not already. Uh, other than that, the only last thing I have to tell you about is that uh, we've teamed up with the Carabao Cup, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, more information will be coming about this tomorrow. And we're going to be giving away two uh, pairs of tickets to UK-based uh, fans to go to the Arsenal versus Leeds game on, I believe, the 26th of October. I might be wrong. I will double check the date. Um, but we have teamed up with the Carabao Cup to get you those two free uh, pairs of tickets. So two possible winners. I'll tell you more about the competition tomorrow. If you are based in the UK, you will get the opportunity to uh, take part and possibly win some tickets for the game. Um, they're non-transferable, but uh, we wish you, if you do win, the best of luck in winning them and hope you have a fantastic time. But as I said, we'll tell you more about that in tomorrow morning's 8am show. So please make sure you tune in for that to find out um, how you can enter. Anyway, that does conclude all of today's coverage, which means we move on to the final part of today's show where you get the opportunity to ask your questions, your queries, your thoughts, your theories. So do throw them in and I'll try and go through as many of them as feasibly possible. And says, Tammy just got called up and people were turning their noses up at him when we were linked. We really need to temper our expectations. We're not getting the likes of Haaland. I do agree. Tammy Abraham's done very well since moving to Roma. In fact, we did a show on the channel where I really did kind of try to settle people's nerves about the links of Tammy Abraham and said, look, this guy's very good. Like, he's a good striker. He's not someone that you should turn your nose up at. I think Arsenal fans get very entitled sometimes. And I think Abraham was certainly one of those examples in which we did get a little bit snooty uh it's a good word um to describe how we were about it because we really should have um we should have been able to move on Lacazette we should have probably just moved him on for a very cheap fee or just on loan until the end of the season and let him go whatever to get in a good striker and I thought Tammy would have been a really good option but it is what it is 
Um, Dirk says, I personally love Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but my fear would be if Arteta has the qualities as a manager to develop his game and turn him into the striker, we need to compete as a top four challenging team. It's always going to be the concern that Arteta is not the right man to take this team forwards until we see some more tangible evidence that he is, which would be getting us into the top six this season. Then we will continue to have those Doubts. ADT says Tammy Abraham is not a bad player, but there are better options out there, such as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I would agree with that. I would rather go for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, Isola says cheap centre defensive midfield option in January is Pedro Aquino. Ever heard of him? Um, no. <laughs> I'm going to have a quick search. Uh, he plays for Peruvian side America. Uh, I mean, I could speak to uh, my Peruvian football expert friends to ask, but I so well know. I am completely out the know on him. Maybe we'll be linked with him in the future. Who knows? But I've heard nothing along that line whatsoever. Uh, Wilson says, do you think that Arsenal need to think about replacing Aubameyang and why? Look, at the end of this season, he'll have one year left on his deal. I don't know who's going to be coming in for a 33-year-old Aubameyang at that point on that amount of money. So I think the most sensible thing would be to bring in your mid-20 striker, have him compete with Aubameyang. If he takes over that spot, he takes over the spot. And then Aubameyang can think about what he's going to do for the rest of his career after his contract with Arsenal expires. But I just don't think we're going to see Aubameyang move on. So I don't think anyone's going to come in for him at his age with his style of play. I just don't see it happening. Uh, John says, why aren't we looking at Tony? The guy's a handful and could do a job for us. As I've said previously, I'm kind of kind of seeing wait how Tony gets on this season, see how he transitions to the Premier League. If it's like how Watkins has transitioned, then obviously you've got a really good case there. But with Tony, I do want to see how he transitions, how he gets on. So we'll reserve judgment on that to the end of the campaign. Uh, what happened to that Swedish winger slash striker? Swedish winger slash striker. Um, Isaac, is that who you're talking about? Um, Alexander Izak, Swedish international at Real Sociedad. We've also got the likes of Kulazevsky, who's at Juventus. Other than that, I'm trying to think of who else it could be. But Alexander Izak signed a new deal with Real Sociedad. Uh, he's increased his buyout clause to, I think, 90 million euros. I don't think Arsenal will be in for him. And I don't think he's the right kind of... Um, I don't think he's the right kind of age profile of striker when you've got, say, Balogun coming through. What I think Arsenal should look to do is Lacazette and Aguetta are probably going to be moving on. I think we should bring a striker in. And then our striker options next season would be the signing, Aubameyang and Balogun as the three options. A year later, Balogun would then be 22 and would be the next in line to compete with that signed striker. We could then bring in someone else. Or you've got Martinelli, you can play there as depth. You've got other strikers coming through like Mika Biereth or Nikolai Moller. I think you've got enough depth there if we sign, say, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin or a Yusuf Ben-Naziri, one of those types of players. And then Balogun being the 22-year-old in a couple of seasons to be the backup striker. To them, I think that works. I think that system falls in line with what we would like to see from the development process of those players. So we'll wait and see. Would you take Patrick Schick, says Sanyik. I've not actually followed how Patrick Schick's got on uh, this season since coming back from the Euros. Let's have a quick look. Playing for what? By Leverkusen? Is it? Yes, he is. Uh, six goals in seven games, two assists. Very good statistics, you have to say, for his Bundesliga stats. Um, we are keeping an eye on him and we'll see how he moves and we'll see how he gets better. He's still only 25 uh, and could prove to be a really good option for Arsenal in the summer. Let's wait and see how he gets on this season. Maybe he's someone that would be 
of interest to Arsenal, but he's proven to be uh, a very consistent scorer in the Bundesliga. So fair play to him. Uh, I saw it says, as much as I don't want to say the F word, but it's given Pepe's 80 million price tag relating to his return in production. Is Pepe becoming a flop? Now, on the Arsenal lounge last night, uh, I did frustrate Mo with my uh, kind of my assessment of uh, of Nicolas Pepe. I said I'd sell him. I said I'd accept probably around £30 million, although I don't know who's going to be coming in with a £30 million bid. Maybe Napoli would still be interested. Um, but other than that, I can't think of who would be interested in, in signing Nicolas Pepe. Um, but I would sell him. I would bring someone better in. Who that someone is, I'm not sure. Obviously, Zoboslai comes to mind as someone that I'd love to see us go and sign. I think he fits on that left wing for us really well. I think he fits the mould of a player that we want to sign. So I'd go for someone like him. Obviously, you know how much I like him. Um, but there are other options out there. Raheem Sterling, we've been linked to. I'd take Raheem Sterling over Pepe any day of the week. Um, so I think that it's an option for next summer. If we do end up moving Pepe on, we'll see what happens. If he doesn't get many minutes, maybe he will want to move on, turning 27 very soon. He'll want to get minutes elsewhere. Kevin says, maybe Casper Dolberg. I don't know how Dolberg's got on this season under Christophe Galtier at Nice. Let's have a quick look. 23 years of age, scored three goals in five. Uh, for Nice in Liga this season. How were they spread out? Two goals against Lille in a 4-0 win, one goal against Nantes. Um, but other than that, he's been pretty quiet. In fact, he's not been in the squad for a couple of games and he's just come off the bench. He's not really playing for Nice maybe as much as he might want to. Um, he's only started two games all season of the possible nine. Uh, so then maybe it's a little bit of a concern for Kasper Dolberg's future. But I'm not sure he's at the level that we'd want to take at Arsenal right now. Um, and says, I don't get the age thing, Tom. If he's available and good enough, we get him. Um, I get, I understand the age thing more because I think you have to think about future planning. Um, I think signing an exact level player just doesn't fit the mould of what we need right now. We need more experience in the team. We need more established quality. I get the whole, if he's good enough, he's good enough. But you still have those issues with players of that age. You still have the the kind of the mentality issue, the transitional issue, how you cope with that, the level of coaching that he's had so far. You've got to think about all those things. It's sometimes, yes, if he's a good goal scorer at 21, it doesn't mean that that would transition. Signing a more experienced player, I think, indicates someone that's going to be more of a guarantee of that quality if they've been performing at that level for four or five years and been scoring consistently rather than an Isaac who's had very decent last season. Season before that, he was still coming onto the scene at that stage. And I think that we need to be a little bit cautious with those types of signings. So I'd take a more established player. We've got a hell of a lot of young players already. I think the striker option should be your mid-20s range striker. Uh, Harish says, Karim Adeyemi. I love Adeyemi. Uh, obviously, Rebel Salzburg striker. You know my liking for Salzburg. Uh, he's basically fulfilled that role that was left by the likes of Patson Dacker and Erling Haaland leaving. By the way, I'm very disappointed that Patson Dacker has been underused at Leicester this season. I haven't seen too much of him whatsoever. So that's a shame. Uh, I know that they've got Vardy and Iheanacho and he's very much one for the future still, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Mikel Damsgaard, I don't know how much he's got on this season at what? Um, Sampdoria, is it? Let's have a quick look. Is he still at Sampdoria? He is. Seven games, no goals, no assists so far in Serie A. Uh, has he started every single game for them this season? He has not. He started 
one, two, three, four, five, six of seven uh, and come off the bench in the Italy Cup and in the Serie A as well. So he's not got on the board of any noticeable impact, although Sampdoria only won one game all season, uh, drawing three, losing three. So, drawing, yeah, drawing three, losing three. So they're not having the best of years at the moment, Sampdoria, so maybe that's got something to do with it. Um, Luka Jovic, Seb, I personally wouldn't go for I don't think we need a rejuvenation project we don't need that kind of player that's had a really difficult time somewhere and we now need to build them back up I want to see someone that's established at scoring that's on the top of their game moving straight into the team and uh, and going down that route Oli says hey Tom will we sign Holland if possible uh that's different I don't think that contradicts my statement about Isaac Holland is a different level player Holland is your you're Mbappe level player. If you have a chance to sign someone like that, you do it. It's not about age. Any kind of theory with players like that goes out the window. It's completely different. A player like Isaac is not yet established as one of like the, the top strikers in Europe right now. He's still very much a potential striker. He's having a decent season. And in fact, I don't even know how he's getting on this season, to be honest. Let me have a quick look. Real Sociedad. This season, he has scored no goals in five La Liga games. So, right now, not for me, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Right now, not for me. Um, but Holland, as I say, is very different. He doesn't fall into any category of argument. If you give a chance to sign Holland, you sign Holland. It's as simple as that. But you're not going to get him without Champions League football. Maybe if Arsenal go into Champions League, we've got Erdogan, we've got one of his good mates. If we were to put the bid in for his buyout clause, it would be a choice. I would say that you'd be mad not to put the bid in. Like you'd be mental not to because it's his choice. He's got a very he's got a very accessible buyout clause this summer. If you've got the chance to get Holland, you put the bid in. You give him the chance. You pay him whatever he wants because he's that good. So it's it's as simple as that for me. Uh, Anua Anuoa, sorry, says uh, we should go all out for Sterling. He would cost about forty million of a year left next summer, and the wage is about two hundred fifty thousand pounds per week. Would he be worth it? Possibly so. Ife says, Tom, what do you think about Victor Ozimen uh, of Napoli? He's a good lacquer replacement. Yeah, I think he's been doing quite well since he's moved out there. I think they really rate him quite highly. People that I speak to that watch Italian football, still 22 years of age, four goals in six, one assist this season, seven goals in eight across all competitions. Looking back at last season, uh, 10 goals in 24 games, suffered with a shoulder injury, though, which ruled him out, so he had to come back from that and then suffered a head injury, but just kept scoring after that and played a lot of games, came off the bench in quite a few games, still getting back from his injury. But you're playing consistently like they have done this season and they're getting the rewards of it, as I said. Um, seven goals in eight games, one assist. Rudy is impressing. Three goals in the Champions in the Europa League, sorry, two against Leicester, one against Spartak Moscow. He's uh, he's doing his best, and Napoli aren't doing that well in in Europa League. In Serie A, they're they're smashing it, but in the Europe, they're not actually doing as well. So it's very interesting. But they did buy him, as I saw it says, for a lot of money. So I doubt that they're going to be letting him go very easily. Uh, morning, Dada. Good to have in the chat box. As always, uh, we wouldn't pay his wages. I mean, you never know. <laughs> never say never. It's always something you've got to be considerate of. You never say never. Um, Boxing Finest says, likes are free, guys. Thank you so much, mate. Please do throw uh, a press onto that like button and show your appreciation for the consistent 
content that comes out for you every single day at 8 a.m. But I am going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please make sure you drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here. As I said, more info about the chance to win a pair of Arsenal tickets to the Arsenal League game in the Carabao Cup is coming up very soon in fact it'll be out tomorrow morning so tune in to get more information uk residents only and terms and conditions will obviously apply but we will see you for then a fantastic tuesday and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mcdelivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.